Lawnwit episode 37, Instagram strategy with Anna McFarlane of Anna is the Worst, who's actually the best. Welcome to Law and Wit, creative counsel for entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brittany Rattel, mother of four, entrepreneur, naptime lawyer, and attorney for creative entrepreneurs. I'm here to share inspiration and action so that you can tackle your business blocks and confidently own your business in every sense of the word. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, guys, and welcome back. I am so excited to share our guest today, which I'm always excited to share guests, but this is this is a really special treat that we have for you guys. Um, I have here Anna McFarlane, and she is a social media expert who helps businesses understand their audience, their message, and discover how to monetize their social media. She is the founder of Instagram account Kids Are the Worst, Things Are the Worst, and Anna is the Worst. Obviously, she has a theme going on, but the... Uh, the irony is, is that she's actually the best. Um, she has a growing fan base of more than 500,000 internationally. One of one is peoples.com. 10 favorite moms on the internet has been featured in the Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, Real Simple, Daily Mail, among others. So thank you so much, Anna, for being with us on Lawn Wit. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, and I love, I've been following Anna for her while. Her accounts, definitely kids are the worst. Um, they make my husband and I just, they we laugh our pants off. Even my kids now come to me and they know that after they've done like their math and their reading after school, they'll be like, hey, can we watch the Messmakers? Like they know how to watch. They know about your highlights, even though they're, they're total social media amateurs. Um, but they know just how great and entertaining your content is. Um, but, you know, Anna's been in this business for a while and been doing and um, watching kind of the whole change and flow of social media. Um, so I kind of wanted to start out with having her share a little bit about her origin story and um, how she got to do with what she's doing now to help people online. Awesome. Yeah. So thanks for having me. And I'm glad you let your sons or your, do you have sons and daughters? I've Tell got me. both. Yeah. Two daughters, two yeah. sons. Yeah. So. Oh, perfect. Look yeah. at you. Yeah. yeah. So I love that they look at it as well. That was kind of my goal is that kids and parents could watch it and laugh together. You know, some things are definitely for the parents, but my kids look at it too. So that's usually the goal for me. So that makes me happy. Um, I started doing um, marketing about 20 years ago on uh in that's how old I am I majored in English and I got a degree in it and then I thought um I was going to be a teacher for a little bit in elementary school and realized about a year in that that was not for me and I got into marketing and realized that was totally for me and I loved it so that was direct mail that's how old I am 20 years ago doing direct mail, doing all kinds of copy, and then just changing as times changed. And it was fun. I liked writing websites. I liked writing landing pages and and blog posts. Everything is it all changed and as, as marketing changed. But there was just something special about social. It just gave everyone the chance to do marketing. And it, I just think it's fascinating. It's different than blogs. Blogs are social, but blogs, you know, you just – you had to have a blog role and you had to find people in such a different way and you had to create so much content. And then Facebook was cool, but it was, you know, still needed finessing. I just think when Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest came on, it changed the game for, for, for social media. And everyone had this chance to be a marketer and all businesses could like reach their audience and audience could see brands so much more clearly and so much more organically and I hate the word but it's so true and I just I loved it and that is how I was able to transition most of my marketing expertise into social for like the last five to 
seven years. So that's kind of how I got here. Yeah. Well, I love what you said there about how it changed everyone into a marketer because it really did make it, you know, it democratized the process. It wasn't this special thing that only someone with the big agency, with the big staff that could do major ad buys, you know, like how the game used to be could do. It was everyone had to start caring about this stuff. So then everyone needed to get really clear about what am I supposed to post online and how am I supposed to connect and create a community? Yeah. So which is now why you've become an expert in all of that. It's just fun. Well, and I think so much of old school marketing has helped me in this. You know, a lot of people kind of come on the scene in in modern marketing in social and they kind of don't understand the old school, which, you know, there can be good and bad, right, of all the things. But I feel like the old school um, marketing knowledge, I guess I could say, or just experience kind of gets you into seeing like how it parlays and how it like moves into the the social and it's just, it's just so fascinating it's so fun I, I don't know I think it's I think old school people don't want to adopt the social and social people don't want to adopt the old school but there's just such a fun place if when you integrate that I think is really fun yeah, no, I, I yeah. times already. <laughs> Calm down on the fun. No, I actually that was one of the things I was going to ask you because you do talk about being making approaching it with a fun attitude, and I think that's such a critical part, especially if when people tend to kind of just get down and dog and oh the algorithm as if it was some like mythical beast out there trying to ruin your day and you know not part of just it's 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 trying to improve the user experience so you just got to accept it for what it is and be curious and be fun about it totally i mean and one of the things about the algorithm everyone says it like it's a bad word algorithm and i just want to like stop people and hold them by the shoulders and say everything you're doing online has an algorithm <laughs> like this isn't a bad word this is actually awesome that all algorithms are doing is trying to make your experience better and more um, more beneficial to you and so you have to work the algorithm to your benefit and then they all all these social media applications want to keep you on it so they're not out to like push you away they're actually out to try to make the situation better for you. So it's this it's this fighting the algorithm that to me is baffling because everything has an algorithm. Exactly. So it's like figure it out and embrace it and it'll be, it'll help you. Yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> groceries coming in. So hey. it's just noisy for a second. That's, that's, that's all right. My manservant. Just leave them on the corner. It's fine. Do it. I don't know. Do what you got to do. Do what you, do, do you got to do. We, we all just, um, we all just got to get along. Um, so um, you, uh, you do uh, client services for people too, in addition that you now have some online offerings that you've given. So, you know, in terms of doing social media for clients, what do you like about that? What's challenging about that? Um, I know people are just curious who might either might have some of their business who's in that space or might want to be doing more of that as they learn more about online marketing. Um, so what do I like about running other people's social yeah. media accounts for them? Um, well, I like that I can work with all sizes and, uh, and levels of business and personalities. It helps me kind of understand audience in a different way because all audiences react and respond differently. So I find it gratifying personally. Um, what other people can do to get in that space? Is that what you're asking? Like mm -hmm. how can people, um, I think it's just be willing to 
to help out all kinds of businesses and brands and at first just do it really cheaply mm-hmm. until you learn and have hopefully they'll give you the benefit of the doubt right. i don't know that's um yeah I don't, i'm not really sure that's I think understand marketing as a whole, read a lot about marketing. Don't just read about social, read a lot about audience and messaging and branding and really understand like what the goal is. Cause the goal for social is not what everyone thinks it is. Everyone thinks it's engagement, which is awesome, but it's really not engagement. It's, it's purchasing or it's getting people to be part of a, an event or an organization or a group. But there's always a goal that's marketing-based and that's further, and you need to see that social is the top of the funnel mm-hmm. of whatever that goal is. Yeah, that call and, to action, whatever that is for, yeah. Yeah, but treat it, yeah, treat it like actual marketing for a brand and not just the social, but also understand where it sits in the funnel, you right. know what I mean? Yeah, so maybe zoom, may be able to zoom out a little bit on where, what piece social plays in the business, yeah. Zoom out for sure, but also with a focus on what the actual goal is, because people think it's followers and people think it's engagement. You know, they, they give all these really buzzwords or these reasons, these metrics that we can see only through social, which is an awesome way to see how you are progressing. That's not the actual goal, so. Right. Yeah, zoom out and you can see how you can get to that goal. Yeah, yeah, and be and be careful of, of especially getting your ego caught up in vanity metrics that may or may not matter. Totally, that's easy on social. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, you've said a lot on your account, and especially when you're giving tips to people to be a doer, not a viewer. Um, can you elaborate on that for those people who haven't had the privilege of following and, and being up on that that great... <laughs> pithy phrase that you throw out one of my drums i just keep beating um it's it's part of like again the word the algorithm word right and the way that social works is that when you are just consuming then you are not creating your experience so you need to take a proactive uh responsibility and actions on your social experience so i've had people come to me that are like well i don't have a business so i don't need to be a doer like, no, 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 no. The whole point is so that you are controlling your experience, your social media experience. And if you want to see things more, then you need to connect and you need to act. You need to do things. You need to like. You need to you need to comment. And you need to show the algorithm and you need to show that application. This is what's important to me. And then they give you the best results. But if you just sit there and consume, then you're not – you're not getting the best experience back. So no matter if you are trying to create a, a, a an experience for your audience or you are an audience member that just wants to have fun, you, it's your responsibility to create the experience, like to have it work for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think of like it's the, uh, you know, in uh, the movie Big, it's Tom Hanks. It's those choose your own adventure books, you know. Remember how we thought it was like the greatest oh. thing that – you get to design your adventure and now you're going to reach a fork in the road and what do you want to do next? And really being online is just an endless giant matrix of those. (laughs) It totally is. And it's going to help you create a community. It's going to help you create connection. Like so much of it is, is beneficial to you, but you can, if you don't want to be productive, that's when it starts becoming a, a time suck or this depressing, frustrating thing. It's because you're not doing using it in the way that it 
is best created to help you or to fit your life. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I want to explore that a little bit because I think that, um, I mean, in most of my audience, they, they're happy and they understand kind of the balance and being online and where to put, you know, social in terms of, you know, their, their real value. But there always seems to be persistent criticism that especially people who might be bloggers or influencers, I know most people hate that word, are, um, are part of, you know, the problem that they only share their high right reel that, you know, they, they let people or encourage people to just think poorly about their lives or to get depressed or to play the comparison trap game. Um, you know, what would you say of someone who just criticizes, who thinks that that's, that's all that, you know, we're getting out of online, who is just kind of down, you know, that going that rabbit hole. I mean, I think that's a sad place to be. You can do that for anything. I mean, really you can do it for anything. You can say that about magazines. You can say that about music and movies. We all have things that we use to enjoy, you know, our, our downtime or to fill our lives with things that are light and, and full of love and light. And it's just, what are you choosing for? What are you choosing to, to, to add to your life? And I think when people choose to find the negative parts, you're going to see them. You're going to see whatever you're looking for. And yet there's so much goodness. There's so much connection. There's so much light. And this is with influencers and bloggers and with brands as well. And it's also with communities and and um, different niche markets on social. You can find whatever it is that you need to, to fill you with light and goodness. And so just to take a big blanket statement and say that it's, it's only the highlight reel or it's only the, the benefit or the good or the, the awesome. It's like where else in the world would we criticize a, a brand or a magazine article for only showing the pictures that look nice. You know, I know we have like this whole Photoshop mentality, right? Where we right. get really upset Photoshopping, but at the same time, we would never expect brands to show their shoes in the worst lighting possible. We want them to show like how many times have you seen a car commercial and you're like, that is a really good looking car. And then you see one on the street and you're like, eh, it's not that great. <laughs> you know, it's like, eh, it looked really cool on that racetrack with the really dark tar, you know, or whatever. You right. Know, and, like, and like the paint was like shimmering. What were they using? Like unicorn flecks in there? And then you see it on the street and you're like, oh, no, that's that's just a Saturn. Yeah, I'm not getting the magic. Yeah, dollars a month. And I'm like, $88 for that car? Wow. And then you're like, when you see it in person. But that's just how it works. Like, we want to see we want to see good and pretty and light that's just basically how we are, are are conditioned to to like things and be attracted to things we don't see we don't want to see like dark and and dirty and depressing that's not how we grow right. you know we build ourselves so i just feel sad when people want to just see the negative things because you can find negative if you're looking for it but you can also find a lot of light and positive if you're looking for it Exactly. No, I, I really like that, you know, and the ownership is always back on us. You know, what are you searching for? What's in your feed? And as we talked about, it's a completely user experience. So if you don't want to have that in your life, then guess what? Clean it up, cull it. It doesn't have to be there. That's, that's my biggest tip for people when they're like, I'm not having a good experience on social. I say, it's really cool that you have this opportunity to completely control your experience by following and unfollowing whomever you want. 
Yeah, and not not write a snarky DM that says, "Hey, I'm unfollowing you." I mean, it's like no. don't don't be like some middle school girl of like you're not my friend anymore. That's basically what that that DM sounds like to me. You know, no, just unfollow, just be cool. It's the worst. That's why I say like you go into a store and you touch everything, and then you go, "There's nothing I'm buying here. I'm leaving." And the store owner would be like, "What? Okay, weirdo. Like that is not polite." You know. You wouldn't do that in, in, in person to people. Like, why do we do it on social? It's the weirdest thing to me, what you we know, do. We but. get all we get all brave behind our keyboards. So yep. And I always just say, haha, okay, peace sign. And people say I'm unfollowing you. I'm like, okay. Peace do out. <laughs> I saw I saw a car seat that was installed wrong. Peace out. Yeah. Okay, bye. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like if I don't fill you, if that if like kids are the worst is not filling you, then I'm like, oh, okay. I understand. It's not filling you. Then you need to find whatever is good for you. It used to hurt my feelings, but now I'm like, oh no, I totally get it. Go where go where you are getting the best experience. I get it. I get so, yeah. If clever hashtags aren't your thing, I mean, I feel a little bad for you that that's not part of your <laughs> life. <laughs> I mean, if you can't appreciate uh, very clever sarcasm, I mean, sorry. <laughs> Hashtag sorry, not sorry. You know, yeah. Hashtag your loss. Exactly. Um, Well, I, when you were talking about, you know, what you share online, especially the stuff that's not, maybe that's um, not as shiny or as pretty. um, I love that you've talked about online and a little bit in your course as well that I took and that I loved um, about that. No one can handle all of you a hundred percent. You know, you talk a lot about the 80, 20 rule. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about what that might mean or what, especially what that looks like to someone who's like, well, do I share the stuff like that's not going great? Or do I share things that are maybe off brand or off messaging? How do I do that? And and how do I know if it's right? Sure. So what, what I found is that a lot of people, especially like bloggers, influencers, um, not so much brands, brands seem to know a little bit more what they're showing to their audience. Um, but a lot of people will say like, oh, but I like to do crafts and I like to make food and I have all these children and I help out at the school. Like I'm this very diverse person. And it's like, yeah, welcome to the club. We are all diverse. Like yeah, we're all diverse. human beings. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Let's, let's get t-shirts. Yeah. We're human beings. Yeah. yeah, We're all with you. We, none, nobody that you follow online that has this curated feed, that's not who they are. That's like this small percentage of who they are but you go and follow them because this is something that you're that you're resonating with. Now, as soon as they show more of their life, then we decide, oh, do I like them? Do I not like them? This is, you know, this is where it gets tricky. So yeah, don't show all of yourself because we can't handle you. We are dealing with all the people around us. So you want to be careful about what you're showing. Make it very specific because you're filling the needs of your audience. You're not just sharing all your stuff. So when you feel like, okay, it's important to show a little bit more of myself, that's the 20 of the 80-20. So 80% is your values or what your brand is for your audience. So the 80%. And then the 20% is you being able to show a little bit more behind the scenes, a little if, if you want to be vulnerable. And vulnerable doesn't always mean exposed, right? Um, people think, you know, when they're being real or vulnerable, they have to show the warts. That's not what it means. Sometimes it just means showcasing something that maybe makes you uncomfortable or trepidatious or you're not really sure how people are going to respond. Um, Maybe it's like, hey, by the way, I'm vegan. 
are you guys okay with that? That could be vulnerable, you know, even though other people wear it as the badge of honor. So that's like, that's what you, that's what I mean about the 20 is like, you have to gauge when it's appropriate. You're not going to push it a ton on people, but in that 20% is you're, you're exposing yourself maybe a little and, or, you know, you're showing a little bit more of who you are, but you also have to include all the other things about yourself in that 20% that you want to share. That's different. That could be a brand that you're working with that you wouldn't typically work with you know, and you're, you're doing influencing for them and, or maybe it's a product that you want you're wanting to try. I mean, when you start thinking of all the things that could fit in that 20%, you realize how small it is. And so that's where you're being a lot more gracious with your audience and not flipping that and turning all of my opportunities and options and personalities and likes and dislikes and my health issues and my family and my blah, 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 blah into the 80 and then only 20% on what your audience came for in the first place. Mm -hmm. So that's where the 80, 20, you got to like stories are 20%. Um, that's where you're going to show a lot more of who you are behind the scenes. But the, anyway, why was I, <laughs> the 80% is like, you got to be consistent with who your brand is, who your audience is, what you're offering to them. And then you have that 20% to play around with. And if you think of it like in a week, that's, I'm really good at math, but I want to say that's like less than once a week. Yeah. If you're boon, if you're like a daily poster, then yeah, that's maybe a post a week or maybe it's just stories. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how does the math work on that? Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Because if you're only major, posting really... like seven days a week, then yeah, you don't get to. Yeah. That. But even if you're posting seven days a week and you're doing stories and, you know, everyone feels like they know you, that's still, you're not, even if you do like a whole day of stories on your new wart. Wow, that was a really good example. But you know, you're you might even spend five stories on it and that's fine, but you're not gonna do you're not gonna do it the next day and the next day. It's gonna take you another week and you're not gonna talk about your wart the next week. You're gonna talk about, you know, the dinner you made. Yeah. The the <laughs> I cool am <laughs> <laughs> the cool the cool food blogging thing that you do whatever it yeah. is that you people do who are food bloggers yeah we, we know what it I don't is know. yeah like maybe they'll don't talk about your skin warts on your food blog i don't know yeah that might that be crossing the line yeah yeah just made me a little not hungry you're gonna go go out on a limb there um Okay, I have, um, so I've got a question from someone because I, I, did, I did a shout out and I said, hey, Anna's coming on. She's legit. What questions do you have? Um, so I got a few of those. Someone wanted to know, um, when should you archive? What exactly does that do? And when should you use that option on Instagram? Oh, yeah. So archive when you want to keep the engagement or you want to keep that like the likes and the comments as part of Instagram's checking on your engagement, but not necessarily the visible engagement. So Instagram will continue to hold those numbers for you mm -hmm. um, and, and keep it in your percentage. But Or you want to maybe um, post it again someday in the future or just, you know, to unarchive it. Right. Uh, you want to archive it and you're not ready to totally delete it. Maybe you've got really good comments and you want to keep it, you know, by deleting it, you're just taking it all off. Or, I mean, it still lives in the third party ISP somewhere, but like, we're not right. worrying about that. The point is, is that you don't have access to it. Right. So if you want access to it and you want the numbers to stay and you want the comments 
to refer to, that's when you want to archive it. And if it's just causing too much distress, then you just delete it, I'd say. But okay. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Um, uh, IGTV. What should we be doing with IGTV? It's funny. I was just talking to a client about this today. So here's the funny thing about IGTV. This is what I finally realized about IGTV. It's like if Facebook Live and YouTube had a vertical baby, that's what IGTV is. A vertical baby, by the way. <laughs> like, like suddenly it's it changes its shape. So the, the thing about it is any application wants you to stay on the application as long as possible because they make more money. They can sell more ads, right? Right. So that's the, that's the big non-secret secret. They want you to stay on. So IGTV is Instagram's way of not having to say, go to my YouTube channel, swipe up to watch my YouTube channel, right? Or my YouTube video. And, and they also believe that vertical is the new frontier that we're going to have vertical TV someday. I don't, I don't know. My, my, my husband is still a serious doubter. If he sees people starting yeah. to record video, he goes, stop horizontal. Okay. I don't want to see you mom turn your phone. He can't, he can't not say something. <laughs> and yet I'm like, can you please turn your camera vertical when you send me a video? <laughs> Cause I want to put it on my stories anyway. Yes. Yeah. But I do TVs, but the thing about it, that's like Facebook, live is that you can leave comments you can see comments that other people are leaving it's a lot more of engagement front engagement heavy but where it's like youtube is that it's edited it's um you can't just go live like on facebook and then well you can't go live on facebook and then post it but the whole point is it's supposed to be edited it's supposed to be more like a youtube video so where i think it's really successful right now i haven't seen it successful for a lot of people and brands brands are trying so hard and i'm just not seeing any really nail it except for the food bloggers and the foodies and the recipe makers that's where the money is if you have an audience and you're in in food i don't know whatever that looks like for you you get edited videos vertically created, put them in your IGTV and you're going to be making money hardcore because Instagram wants people to use this. And so if you are using IGTV and you're using the other, um, the other offerings through Instagram, they will show you more often, more frequently put you in the searches, put you in, um, the, the explore page right. because you're using the thing they want you to use. And if you're getting at all engagement and views, they're going to keep pushing all of your content forward. Everyone else though, like it's hard. It's a trick. It's a trick. You okay. really want to watch it and that's hard. 10 minutes. Oh, by the way, it's 10 minutes. Yeah. That's the other problem. Yeah. That's a lot. A 10 minute, you know, to that's a big jump from 15 seconds. It's both a lot for Instagram, but it's not a lot for YouTube. So it's this really weird time, right? Of like, what are you supposed to make? I don't know. A recipe. A recipe. Food. <laughs> food. So if you're a food blogger, there you go. Okay. The, you've, you've heard it from the horse's mouth from Anna. Get on it. Get on your IGTV. Yeah. Make, make your mark there and you're going to be at the forefront. But everyone else, I'm like, I don't know how it's going to work for everyone else. So far, it's just not valuable enough to get people to watch. That's what it is. Like, why, why would people watch it? I'd watch a recipe, right? 
even if I'm not cooking a ton, I'm like, oh, cool, look how they're making that. But everything else, you're like, ugh, more of you talking? No thanks. Yeah. Your audio is getting a little pixelated. I wonder oh, shoot. if it's um, um, your distance to your router. But here, let me see. Let me make sure I don't have anything else running that's affecting it. I haven't changed. Let me see. Alan, are you on your phone? Can you get off? Have someone on there? He's he's gaming. Is he on? Is he World of Warcraft? He's <laughs> just on Twitter, but like he's gonna be like, "What? What? Why did you take it off my phone?" You're like bandwidth, okay, baby? Let's go. Let's be on the same team here. Let's see. I'm just gonna turn mine off. See about. Is it still still bad? Or is it's, it okay? It's it's okay. I just every I, every once in a while I get like a little you know the EMDR you know <laughs> robot is sounding yeah. Bummer. <laughs> Okay. Is it just been since my groceries came home? Yes. <laughs> See, I'm gonna ask him really nicely. Okay. Mags, are you on your phone? No. Uh, were you just on I your was. phone? Okay. Yeah. Can you stay off? Just, just charge it. Just Why put it up. The... the The bandwidth isn't quite as awesome as it needs to be. Well, I'm trying to. Yeah, you can do it later. And buy more girls. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Charlie. I love your Christmas decorations. They're so cute. Your little star corner. They're adorable. Oh, um, thanks. That was, she helped me with it. And she was doubting it. Oh, and I, I, like, I loved it. I thought it played for sure. So yeah, my, my kids loved it. They're my Christmas decoration de- decorators. We've gotten like snowflakes up. They've gone like full snowflake buddy, the elf style in our family room. Oh, so I did that eight years ago, nine years ago. And it was yeah. like one of my favorites. That yeah. Would be, yeah. They would love that. So all of the white paper yeah. chains, oh, yes. paper yeah. snowflakes, the paper airplanes, paper airplanes. Maybe. Hey, anything, anything with paper, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't put a stop on it. I would accept all of it. <laughs> okay. All right. The audio is sounding a little bit better. So, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll push on. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, another question that I had um, was about using hashtags. Um, this is one that I asked a couple weeks ago, and you gave me a great answer, but maybe not everyone else saw. But, um, you know, how do you use hashtags, vanity hashtags? Um, I hear a lot of myths out there about do you put them in the post? Do you put them in the first comment? How many you're supposed to use? I feel like we've all been fed some bad intel on the on the internet about hashtags. Oh, here's here's the funny thing is that I change my mind every three months, not change my mind, but I get different information and I test it and I see different results. And so things are constantly changing. Again, this is why social media is so exciting and powerful is because it constantly changes with us. So we got to kind of stay on top of it and like change with it, take turns with it as it moves. So if anyone ever says, you know, take 30 hashtags and keep them in a hashtag cloud and then just keep reusing them over and over, then you're like, oh, that's old Intel, right? Or if they say you must put the three dots and then put your hashtag cloud, like, no, you must not. You don't have to do anything. So really, anytime I give advice about hashtags, I'll always get one or two people that are like, I tried that and it didn't work. Like, well, then do something else. Like, this isn't me saying this is a hard and fast rule. I'm just telling you this is why it works and this is why you need to keep trying it. And if it's not working for you, 
turn, you know, it's like the old better off dead. If it's something gets in your way, turn, right? If you just like, you have to realize how it's working for you and your audience. That being said, there is nothing wrong with using hashtags. And in fact, I'm, I highly suggest hashtags. They are one of the easiest ways to get new eyeballs on you. Not always are they going to be eyeballs that you want on you. So you have to be like ready for that. But it's such a strong, powerful, simple, cheap, easy way to find new audiences and to find the community that you're looking for. And especially as you get bigger, uh, as your audience size gets bigger and your engagement gets bigger, then the more um, you are using the hashtags, the more it benefits you as well. So yeah, uh, captions, I, I always suggest vanity hashtags only in captions. Um, and then maybe a couple others if it's very important to the post and then all the rest in your comments mm-hmm. because it, your audience, uh, the way it looks visibly is very frustrating to see so many hashtags, especially if you're looking for engagement. If you want people to leave a comment and you ask a question, let's say, Brittany, you say, um, what is, what is the one law document, a legal document you wish you had. Okay. So you ask a very important question. that's going to help you understand what, what document you should create next. And then you do dot, 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 and then 30 hashtags underneath it. Then by the time your audience gets to the comment section, you've worn their, their, you've worn them out. Their, their visibility has been worn out. This is not something we realize that we do. Right. Right. But, for the most part, most of our captions that are worth reading and that we people want to engage with are going to be longer than two lines. So that's called above the fold. If it goes past the two lines, it's below the fold and they have to do like a read more often, mm-hmm. right? Right. Especially if you're putting hashtags in there. So if you go read more and you push it down and you've got all this copy and then you have all these hashtags, then by the time, even if I'm not reading them, visually I'm seeing all this copy and I forget that I was going to respond. Yeah, your to audience it. needs a nap. They're no, they don't want to comment. <laughs> yeah. Even if they didn't read them, they are visually not prepared to then leave a, a comment back because they see all this copy. And that that reaction, that split second when they're ready to respond to you is gone. Right. You've So that's why it's in the caption or in the comments. And some people are already getting this rollout through Instagram where Instagram is hiding hashtags um, in comments. Like if you put a hashtag cloud, like seven to 15 hashtags in a comment that you will see one or two and then the dot, dot, dot in the comments. So you're not going to see these big hashtag clouds in comments. So that's really thoughtful of the new Instagram rollout so that they know that they're helping us, but that not everyone wants to see all the hashtags. Mm-hmm. See, there you go. Is that- Instagram isn't trying to screw you guys, people. Okay. They want you to be on it. They really do. It's like, how can we make this easier for you? And yet everyone's like, arg. (laughs) (laughs) This free thing that helps my business. I don't like it today. I mean. Ugh. Worst. The worst ever. So no, it's not actually. That's the, uh, that's the irony guys. That's sarcasm. Okay. You get it? (laughs) That's my sarcasm. You guys right there. The worst. That's right. Um, Business versus private. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, private man. So personal, you got personal, private business, right? So private, 
the thing that I teach all the time, especially to youth um, and young adults, is that private is not private. Anything is on the dark web on these third-party ISPs. Be aware of it. I'm not going for a long time, but I won't. So nothing is actually private. Everything is stored on these third-party internet service providers. So don't think that you can get away with things just because they're private. Okay. That being said, it's not easy for the layman, the average person, to get content from a private account. So if you're just wanting to keep yourself a little bit safe and protected from maybe the neighborhood or family or whatever, then private's great. But if you're thinking it's private from the world, then you're out of luck because it's definitely not. <laughs> now, public is great and it won't do anything for you if you are if you are looking to grow your account, if you want insights are of course the way that Instagram shows you um, the details of your posts and of your audience. So you can get a little bit more insight into who your audience is and how you can best serve them. So you only get the insights with a business account. Now the frustrating part is you have to have a Facebook account to be able to become a business account. Can you just hold on for a second? So you have to have a business account, but to get a business account, you have to have a Facebook page. And that is completely uh, serving Facebook, mother Facebook, you know? The so mothership, they, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if, if, if perchance your audience doesn't realize that Instagram is owned by Facebook, now they do. So they're trying to get you more ingrained into the, the mothership, yes, into like their whole world and universe. If you wanna use an ad and you wanna do ad spend, you actually do it through Facebook, you know, they all work together. So yes, it kind of gets you way more connected to Facebook and then they're able to share more um, information and your audience, they can serve more ads serve more ads to your audience so it definitely benefits them but the benefit for you is just as great yeah. so you still benefit greatly to have the business account because you can grow your audience your seo um, increases and you are able to gather information and um, be seen more easily than if you had not had the business or the business that business account. account yeah I sometimes hear from people that say well you know it seems like I you get um you know penalized or maybe you know yeah. in the, the algorithm that's kind of the myth that that's what happens if you yeah. um have a personal over business but that doesn't seem to really support uh, a healthy business model because all yeah. they want is for you to do well and for you to buy ads as a business yeah. account <laughs> Well, so then people will say, though, then people will say, oh, now they want you to buy ads. Now they want you to pay to play. Right. So they're penalizing you so that you'll pay to play. And I've read so many different accounts and businesses about or um, articles about this because people really do wonder if they're getting penalized. And the the main consensus is no. But of course, there's always this case study that says yes you're penalized and then there's a case study that says no actually I got seen by more people so for me it's a wash everyone wants to, to prove that their engagement went down when they went business and I think that's just it makes us feel good when we say oh it's this reason it's not actually me right yeah yeah awesome um 
I, I mean, I know the answer to this, but I think other people need to hear this about um, give us the, the straight talk on buying bots and buying followers. <laughs> I know that's another one of my drums. I just keep beating. Well, that... because it needs to happen. I know. I know. It, buying your followers is and your comments and your likes using a bot, using a program. You know, there are all these different names for it or um, and they're such smart advertising these these programs. They'll say we'll get you real audience for only a hundred dollars, or get a hundred new followers in one day, and they're real engagement, right? And you're like, oh, it's real, it's organic, you know. And yet you're paying money for a program to do something for you to create bigger audience or more awareness. And all this does is you're bypassing. The terms and conditions, it's actually um, the, the, the rules that you sign up for on Instagram that say you will never have a third-party application uh, act on your behalf. Right. So that's for following, unfollowing, liking, commenting, and posting. Now, they have changed it a little bit. There are some applications like Sprout Social and um, all these uh Third parties that help you plan, organize. or yeah, or do planner. like, uh, or, or who can do like a fit, you know, um, contest like Gleam, you know, has yeah. they're they're okay, they're an approved, you know, third party yeah. affiliate, yeah, API. There are yeah. some approved third party apps that are able to post on your behalf, but they should never be able to follow or unfollow on your behalf. And I don't even think they're allowed to like or comment. So they can comment for you, but you're giving them the permission through your application and they are approved, but they should, but this is still you writing this and then it's being sent by you. So if ever you use a third party app to, or a program to do anything for you that you are not actually giving this, this, uh, what validate this verification to do for you, then you are going against terms and conditions. And not only will you get banned, will you get shadow banned? Will you get blocked? Will you be unable to do certain things on Instagram? Eventually you're going to be taken off Instagram or your website won't work or your links won't work, or you won't be able to do all these things that you've worked so hard to build this account. And then suddenly you're not able to use it because you didn't follow the, the laws of it. Not just that, but your engagement is going to plummet. And if you are trying to work with any brands, they are getting savvier and savvier and they are able to see how you are engaging, how you are um, connecting with your audience. And if you are doing anything that is against these terms, it is considered fraudulent. And if you are fraudulent, not only can you be banned, you can have a fee put against you, but you're also just really looking bad you just look bad right. it's really poor business practices and and irregardless of that is that you could get beat to suit on your contract guys because i'm telling you i yeah. as the person who drafts these contracts and reviews these contracts it's very clear in there that you are not indemnifying the other party meaning that you're not in charge of covering their legal fees if you do anything that's fraudulent that's an illegal or unethical business behavior which 
going against the terms and condition of the platform that says that you're an influencer on is exactly that. So, I mean, yeah, Anna's dropping some, you know, legal bombs on us here, but that's why you guys need to read these things. So, and if in the least, if you're not going to read them, which I know a lot of us don't, we just click and we go to the next screen and we just say, yada, 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 sign my life away. Um, then don't do shady things. Don't hire Russian bots and plug them into your business and think that nothing bad's going to happen. It's, it's just baffling to me, maybe because I just work on the other side so often too, like you do, you know, like seeing how it works for businesses. But I think in what case in this, in, in the public or in the actual business world, not actual, because this is actual business, but in the business world, would you lie about numbers and think it was okay? Like where? If you went and said, oh, I'm going to hurry and shove $1,000 of my brother's money into my account to get a loan and then I'm going to pull it out. I mean, if the bank saw that at all, you would be in big trouble. It's like, called having a straw man and it's illegal. Yeah. It's illegal. Like These are all illegal practices. We don't do these things. And like you can say, oh, ethically, I can see how that's a problem when it has to do with money or when it has to do with whatever, you know, cooking the books at all. We see, oh, that's wrong. And yet people feel like it's totally okay to do it on follower number when they're trying to get business connections right. and they're straight up lying about what these numbers are. It's like, where are we seeing, where's there a disconnect that we don't see that this is fraudulent? I yeah. just, it's baffling to me and yet it persists. Yeah, it's no different. So yeah, on on top of being unethical and just really shady for the business and you know, it's the dark side of influencer marketing, it makes everyone looks bad. It's it could also be certainly illegal from the the point of terms, you know, of terms and condition and also depending on what kind of contracts you've signed so and what you've promised to do. So yeah. don't I mean, do it. The worst the worst thing would be to get a huge contract and be all stoked on it and like you said and then get sued. Yeah. Like, What's the point? There's no point, by the way. There's okay. no point. <laughs> There's no point, guys. So don't do it, okay? Grow, grow slow, grow real, okay? That's that's how that's how you do it, okay? There's no shortcuts. Nope. You got to do the work. <laughs> Okay, yeah. um, I, I love that you um, talk about, you know, as for someone who works online, you don't always hear of people giving reasonable tips about how to maintain healthy boundaries about that. I feel like, you know, for someone who's in the business of of actually being online, that's kind of counterproductive for you to for you to tell people like, hey, you should, you know, rein it in and be thoughtful about your use online. Um, and yet you do that, which is great. And you even have some guides about people talking to their kids about being online, uh, which are awesome. But you kind of talk about how you can still be successful on the platform on 20 minutes a day. Um, but so how do if people really want to do that, what does that look like? What do they need to plan for that to be actually be part of their reality? Yeah. So 20 minutes a day is, is kind of just the goal on, and that's on an application. And yet I also say 20 minutes could be up to twice a day, depending on if you're really trying to grow your business, then you might need the 20 minutes twice a day. Um, and sometimes we break up that time as well. And I say that, and then I'm always very transparent too, that for me, that can sometimes look like 20 minutes on each account. You know, I can't do 20 minutes on all five accounts that I'm running total. That would be really amazing. But also, <laughs> I don't think I would be growing at all because I wouldn't be able to do it. So what that looks like is a schedule, right? So everyone will tell you in, you know, when you get a social media account or when they tell you how to grow or when they say, here's a good plan, they'll say, you need to comment back, you need to post, you need to 
um, go and like three other accounts or follow different accounts or leave a comment and engage with other people. And that starts feeling like a ton of stuff. Plus, you want to enjoy social media as well. And so you're like working on it and you're not enjoying it and it just you just lose that excitement. So what I suggest is that you get a schedule. I have a schedule in my guide, but of course it's just an example. Everyone has a different way that you're going to do different things on different days. And one day might be really heavy. Like for me, Mondays are really heavy on my content creation. So I'm going to try to get as many posts created, as many memes, as many um, videos. I'm gonna try to create as much as possible on Monday and then have it ready for myself to be posting quickly on Tuesdays, Wednesday, Thursday, etc. And then I have certain days that I do stories and kinds of stories. And then, and then I have certain days where I go back and I will find different accounts and I'll leave comments. So I'm not doing everything every single time, but I'm making sure that I'm doing it frequently enough that it's helping my engagement, it's helping my visibility, I'm using the app, I'm doing not just viewing, and I'm connecting with people so that they see it. But I'm also using it in the time that, it, that I allot for myself so that I can get off and enjoy the rest of my actual life yeah get on get on with a good thing so um well i think that's great and i think that's it's nice of you um and i think it's real for you to be so transparent about like here are the realities or like planning is still important and you know creating ahead and batch content creation which is obviously so helpful if you know you're going to be creating stuff getting everything all together um so that you're not just slave to your timeline yeah and to the content wheel yeah But also like there are times when I don't, I don't use a posting service or a planally or anything like that only because it's bit me in the butt a few times where I've had that all ready to go and I wasn't connecting with it every time I was posting and that got me in trouble because, you know, if you're not totally aware of what's going on in the world right now, like, I mean, like right this very second, if I didn't realize that something had happened that was tragic or something happened in the news or, and I wrote something insensitive five days ago, but it wasn't insensitive five days ago, but it's insensitive today. You know, you just have to be aware of what's going on or what other people have posted. And you kind of have to be conscientious of your audience and of your community so that you're not just going, here, here's all my content, but you're actually, for me, I realized that I could connect with the content when I posted it. Right. Which which certainly makes fun because you are in the humor entertainment channels, you know. And so, yeah, you yeah. do have to be sensitive to the news cycle and what's happening, the kind of collective consciousness around that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so um, I wanted you to share because um, as we're concluding, so we people can, you know, hit the ground running with some tips. If they want to shape up their Instagram, um, if they want to, you know, just take a small part of many of the great wisdom nuggets that you have about um, being better online, um, what are some great ways, some three ways that they can increase their engagement on their account? Yeah. So, I mean, the best thing I could do is follow me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but seriously, like, what are you doing with your time? Like, what, you don't, you don't think kidding. kids are funny and you don't think Anna is great? Because she is, yeah. I'm just saying you can get these tips all the time. No. Uh, so what I would say to improve your engagement is to comment back to those who are commenting on your feed. It sounds so, so, so simple. And yet I'm surprised at how many times I have to remind people if someone is commenting on your posts, 
They are your people. They care about you. You need to put time and energy back into them. It works twofold. They feel seen and then they want to keep engaging with you. But also other people who have not yet engaged see that you're engaging back with people and then they you give them the right to or the permission rather to then feel like they can engage because they might get a relationship with you also. And then that just starts snowballing. The more you are engaging back with people, it helps that person and it helps future people engage. So comment back. That being said, don't feel like you got to comment to everyone back, especially as your account grows. Um, you got you have to like spend a certain amount of time and you have to remain valuable and your perception of value has to stay high enough so you can't go and be spending all the time responding to every single person. So do that. The second thing is to utilize stories. Stories are the biggest win for everybody right now. If you can add to your stories, each time a slide in your story is seen, it counts the same for your um, impressions as a post would if it were seen. So if I do three slides in my stories and 20,000 people see each one of those slides, that's 60,000 impressions I got. And if only 40,000 people saw my one post for the day, I win on stories because more people saw my stories. And when um, brands and businesses want to work with you, Impressions are the only thing currently that you cannot fake, you cannot cook. That is exactly what it, it, it seems to be. Every time a real person sees a, a story or a post, that's what you're showing. So you need to make sure your impressions are high. And the more your stories are being seen, then the more likely your posts will be seen. It just is this, this cycle that keeps helping itself. So people will respond more. The other thing is on your stories and on your posts, this is my third tip for increasing engagement, is to refer people to the other without doing it in a um, overbearing or a um, assuming way. So what I mean by that is when you post something in your stories, the thing I hate, but people keep doing it, so do what you gotta do. But when they, they'll, they'll share their post in their stories and then they'll cover it up with some um, gif or gif or emoji and be like did you see my post go check out my post to read more about it right and it might work for some people but it also seems like a really cheesy game show like you're saying I'm not gonna show you until you pick door number three you know and some people don't like to feel manipulated and so you could be also ostracizing some of your audience so I don't appreciate it instead I would I would share it show it and then say something like the comments in this post are giving me life today, or I can't believe how emotional I got reading some of your comments today, or did you see that, um, not even did you see, but you just, you're referring to it, like this, this post meant a lot to me, and I would love if you could add your story to everyone else's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many ways to ask people to go to the post without saying, go see my post, right? that actually feels like you are engaging back with them and vice versa in your post say something like I'm going to give more details in my stories or I realized how much this post how much I needed to share this post based on my stories yesterday and your responses to it all this does is it creates the, the little reminder in people's brains 
that, oh, she does stories. Oh, he's doing a post. Oh, I didn't realize I hadn't seen these stories. And so they will go do it when they can. And they're not feeling pressured. They're feeling like you're giving them something and they want to do it because they want to connect more. And the more you get them to go on the stories and posts and to leave the comments and to share, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the more your engagement grows just naturally. Gotcha. Okay, so I wanted to recap. Those were all great tips. Okay, the first, no, they, they were all awesome. No, we're, we'll take all of it. Okay, the first was comment back, people. Okay, if someone takes the time to comment on your post, then they've already showed you. They like you, okay? Treat them well. Comment back as, as, as far as you can. Two, use your stories, okay? Make sure that you're giving value on those, that they're relevant. You know, use your 80-20 like we talked about. You can kind of do some some little on fringy stuff, slightly off-brand stuff if you want, but use your stories. And then number three is tie those two together. So make sure that your comments and your stories, your posts and your stories are referring back to each other, but always through the lens of value. Why does someone care? Why do they want to be tied to those? You know, why, why are they on their account? And hopefully you should know that because they've taken your course and they figured out what are the three values um, that people are getting out of, um, out, of, out of your platform. Wow, you said that so much better than I did. Can you be my writer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Of course. So <laughs> That was so good. Like you said it in such a good way. But yeah, don't don't treat your audience like like they're they're your followers. Treat them like they're your community. And that doesn't matter if you're a brand, if you're an influencer, whatever you are. If, if people feel like you're trying to trick them, then they don't feel like they're connecting with you. I'm going to engage with people who I feel see me and value me. And that's how your audience is. So anytime you try to do something that's tricky or that's like funny or not funny, because you know, funny wins, but like trickier, I'm like trying to pull one over on you. I mean, who wants to feel like you're being tricked? You just want to feel like you're getting something out of this. So. Right. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, no one, no one wants to feel like they're, yeah, being manipulated, or it just, it feels a little skeezy, it feels a little snake oil, and um, I mean, you know, whether you want to roll your eyes or not, it's not authentic, okay, yeah. (laughs) It's not, though, and even if they get you 30 more views, in the long run, it's not worth it. In the long run, the more I see people doing it, the more I just detach from them, and I disassociate from them, and I'm saying me, but I'm also saying this is just audience at large, right? We just we just get tired of tricks. We don't want to see tricks. And we just want people to feel like there's a real relationship. And I'm telling you, the, the influencers that I see who get the most engagement and get the most success in their in their audience outreach and in their um, uh, their campaigns, it's baffling to me because they are not the biggest influencers. They are not who you'd think they would be. They are mid influencers to micro influencers. And yet they talk to their audience. Like I know you, we know each other and people respond. It's, it's amazing. Like it's obvious, but it's also amazing. Yeah, it's true. It's all about that human connection and they're still so close to it that they, they're teachable. They listen, you know, and they're very thoughtful about what they bring in and what they show out and pip to their audience. And there's a huge difference yeah. there. Yeah. 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 All the way around. So, uh, well, this has just been amazing. Um, well tell people about where they can connect and find out more if they want more of all the good stuff that you have going on, because you've got a lot of it. So lay, lay it on yeah. us. 
Okay, well, I this kind of stuff is on Anna is the worst, but it's spelled like Anna is the worst because that's what my parents, how my parents spelled my name. <laughs> so it's A-N-N-A is the worst on Instagram, but it's also AnnaMcFarland.com. And then um, all my fun stuff is that kids are the worst or things are the worst. And I'm trying to resurrect dogs are the worst, but making my husband do it. But so far, it's a, it's a little bit older. So it's a it's a tough tough sell. <laughs> oh, it's just like one more to do, but I man, that's such a good it's such a fun one to do about animals. But yeah, so that's where those are. And then yeah, there's Facebook, but you know, the Instagram's the easiest. Instagram and websites. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. So and your course is incredible. It's the the what the best guide, the best Instagram recipe guide. Yeah. Yeah, the best Instagram recipe because it's yeah. a recipe. Follow it, and and it seems easy, right? So sometimes recipes seem so easy that we just think we can wing it on our own, and yet sometimes it's the following the recipe when we get the best results, and we think, oh, I guess I should have followed a recipe. That's all it is. It's just like trust it, trust right. Betty Cracker. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Which is good for you, you know, for not you, you know, using a trademark outside of you know branded terms. So. a point a point for that for sure so um well thank you so much Anna for being on and sharing with us and yeah it was just a pleasure to hear more about uh and hear all the tips so hopefully everyone will put some of this into action and and really remember why you're posting and what you're trying to get at and you know put it in its proper framework of of your brand or your in you know your following and what you're trying to build yeah awesome thanks Brittany okay wasn't this just an incredible episode? Um, huge shout out and thank you to Anna for being willing to um, spare her time. She's a busy woman. She's a busy mom, busy entrepreneur to come on and share so much of her wit and wisdom with us. Um, she was just a delight to chat with. And she, after this conversation, kept on talking to me about my own business and basically gave me a free half hour consult, um, which as someone who also charges for my time, I really appreciate. So um, she, anyway, she's a wonderful person. And if you aren't already following her, if you haven't taken advantage of any of her online offerings, whether it's in the social media Instagram space, or even if you have kids and have come across her digital guides about talking um, with people in your family about being smart online and what role technology should have in your life and in your family space, um, I highly recommend that as well as her courses. Um, I took her course, I paid for it myself, and I absolutely loved it and got a ton out of it in terms of my own strategy with Instagram. Um, Okay, I'm going to wrap up. Um, I do have a, uh, a printable, a freebie that goes along with today's episode. So make sure that you head to the show notes and get it will be a summary of the tips that Anna gave us today, her three tips for building engagement on Instagram, um, along with kind of the key quotes and takeaways that um, that I got out of the episode that I think you will too. So if you were on the go listening to this and didn't get a chance to take notes, um, I know sometimes I'm in the same boat as you and are like, ah, what was it that talked about? And want to actually have something to sink your teeth in, an actionable plan um, for you to start looking at your own social media use, your own channels, and how you can improve those today, this week, right now, not later. Um, go ahead and download that. Get on my email newsletter. Um, get access to all of the goodness that is going on there. I know we all have to fight these inbox bot battles, guys. Um, but I promise you that I don't ever send anything out that's not useful to you. That's not the way I operate. I'm not into wasting anybody's time, least of all mine, okay? Um, so go ahead and get that at brittanyrattel.com slash 37, okay? B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-R-A-T-E-L-L-E dot com slash 37. 
Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing with friends. Thank you for posting about listening to the show. Um, when you're a content creator like me and you're putting out stuff like this for free, um, the biggest compliment that I can have is that people share, that they leave a review, um, that they are letting others know in their community um, so that it can also help and spread the word. For people who are creative entrepreneurs who are hustling and working on their own stuff, um, there's no bigger compliment that you are not alone and there's people out here who care about your success. And whatever it is that you care about, we care about that too. And we want to help you reach um, those goals and whatever those dreams that you have. So keep working and plugging away and we'll catch you next week.